There are two Nisim, two major miracles that occurred during the times of Hanukkah. The first miracle was the Nitzachin HaMolchama, the fact that the Chashmainayim, the Kaihanim, they went, just a few men, and they waged war against the mighty Yevonim, the Syrian Greek army. There was no chance that they would win. It was a bunch of tzaddikim without any military training, probably with very little weapons, if any, going to battle against the greatest superpower of the world. There was no chance. There was absolutely no chance of Klal Yisrael having any sort of nitzachin. But they did. Rabbim biad ma'atim, this was the amazing miracle of Hanukkah, the nitzachin ha-molchama. That's miracle number one. Miracle number two was, of course, when we finally were able to beat back the enemies and take back the Beis HaMikdash, we came into the Mikdash and we found that the entire Makama Mikdash was overturned. Pandemonium, chaos. There was nothing where it should be. Everything was defiled and contaminated by the Ivanim. And they were desperately searching. The Chashmeinayim, the Kaihanim, were looking for oil to begin again to light the Minaira anew and there was none to be had save one small jug of oil that was pure unadulterated oil and with that they lit the Minaira and of course even though it was only enough oil to last for one night it was able to continue to burn for a full eight days and that's the Nitzachin, that's the Nes, rather, of the Pach Shemen. So there are two miracles of Hanukkah. There's the miracle of the Muhammad, and there's the second miracle of the Pach Shemen. What's interesting is that there are two sources for these two miracles, but both sources don't really give us the full flavor of the other miracle. What I mean is, if you look in the Gemara in Shabbos, and Avchafal of Mabez, the famous Gemara, my Chanukah, the Tanurabonon, there, the main thrust of the Gemara in discussing what the miracle of Chanukah is all about, my Chanukah, is really just talking about the nace of the Pachshemen. Doesn't even really talk about the military victory. It says and then It tells the whole story about the Pach Shemen, as if that's the major miracle of Hanukkah. If you would look at that Gemara, you wouldn't even know that there was some military victory that took place. The main nace is the nace of the Pach Shemen. In the Alamisim that we say every day in the days of Hanukkah, there you wouldn't even know that there was a miracle of the Pach Shemen. The whole discussion of Alamisim, Alamuchamis, it starts talking about the Milchama 
about the Rabbim Biad Ma'atim, Tmeim Biad Tahirim, Risham Biad Sadikim, Zedim Biad Eskisar Sacha, this lopsided military victory of the righteous who were able to vanquish the evil, the Zedim Biad Eskisar Sacha, those Chashmainam who were Eskisar Sacha, they were able to beat back all the forces that were against them, the Tmeim Biad Tahirim. It doesn't really mention, maybe just in passing, but it doesn't mention anything about the nase of the Pachshemen. So we have two sources, and both sources are telling us about two separate miracles, but they don't really tell about the other miracle. It's just an interesting thing to ponder why that is. But in any event, we know, if we're able to mix both sources together, that there were two miracles. And my question is, we know that Hallel V'haidah, Hallel V'haidah, when we sing Hallel, as the Gemara speaks about in Mesech Shabbos, that Kavom, Rasom, Yamim Taivim, Bahalel V'haidah, that we know, everybody seems to agree that the Hallel that we sing on on, um, on Hanukkah and the Haidah that we do by Maidim, the Alanisim, that's about the Nitzachain of the Melchama. Because as the Mepharshim say, the fact that there was a miracle that some oil remained instead of one night for eight nights, does that really affect us personally? What difference does it make? I mean, it's a nice thing historically to, to know that there was such a miracle and there is obviously a lot of significance to that miracle, but to say, to say hallel personally, you say hallel when you were, when you dodged the bullet, like you Ben Shkaimo, when, when you could have had a really bad experience and Baruch Hashem you were saved, you could have really, things could not have worked out the way they did and they ended up working out well for you, that's when you say hallel by Haidah. So everybody says that the hallel and Haidah that we say every day of Hanukkah, that's thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we were able to win military victory, we were saved. That's a given. The question that I'm asking today is, what is the lighting of the Menorah? When we light the Menorah, we know that's Parsume Nisa. It's supposed to publicize the miracle of Hanukkah. My question is, which miracle is it publicizing? There's two miracles. There's the miracle of the Pach Shemen, and there's the miracle of the Nitzach and Mohammed. When we're lighting the Menorah, what's our Kavana? What is the Pirsam HaNais that we're supposed to be thinking about? What is the objective of lighting the Menorah vis-a-vis the Nais that happened? Which Nais are we trying to publicize through this act, through this mitzvah of Lakis Ner Hanukkah? And the Mepharshim are torn about this question. There's a sefer called Emek Bracha. Emek Bracha was written by a very close Talmud to the Briskarov. He has a beautiful sefer, very popular sefer, Emek Bracha. We have it in Yeshiva. And he says, as I think many of us would say, that the Avlokas Neiros is commemorating the nace of the Pach Shemen. 
I mean, that doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. Makes sense, right? It, it, it's, that's exactly what we're doing. We're lighting oil, we're lighting candles for eight nights. Obviously, it's coming to commemorate the miracle of the Pach Shemin. I think that would be the obvious answer. I think we would all give that. And he says, like I said, that Howl and Haidah, that's for the Muhammad. That's for the nation of the Muhammad. But the Pach Shemin doesn't really, that's not reflected in Howl of Haidah because that's not a big deal as far as me personally. It doesn't affect my life whatsoever. The fact that in the Beis HaMikdash they lit oil for eight nights instead of one night, I wouldn't say Howl of for that. So the Pach Shemin, the Menorah rather, is the instrument that we use to commemorate the other nace, the forgotten nace, the nace that we're not including in Halavaydah, i.e. the nace of the Pach Shemen. The Piske Riaz in Mesecha Shabbos says a different shot. He says that the act of lighting a Menorah is a form of Halavaydah. There is a form of halal that we say with our mouth, by halal, by davening, by alanisim and shmane esrein and benching. That's a verbal halal But when we light the menorah, says the Piskeriaz, that's also a form of halal If that's true, what he seems to be saying is, and this is what the Gvuras Yitzchak, how he learns this Piskeriaz, that there is, through the lighting of the Menorah, also a commemoration of the Nitzach and the Mulchama. Because again, Halavayda is something that we would not sing on about a, about a, a Nase of the Pach Shemin. That's not Negea to me personally. I wasn't spared from any calamity. By that, and, and that I'd have to commemorate um, the Pach Shemen, the Nase of the Pach Shemen with Halavaydah. Halavaydah is for the Nase of the Nitzach and Mulchama. And if the Piskeriaz is saying that the lighting of the Menorah is another form of Halavaydah, it's a Halavaydah with, with candles or with, with oil and with, with matches and with fire, so then that means that it's another form of thanking the Rabbi Nishlam for a personal salvation which is the Nitzachar and the Uchama. So, so far we have a machlekes, whether or not the lighting of the menorah is Mepharsim, the nace of the Pach Shemen, which is the Shita of the Emek Bracha. We have the opposite extreme, that the nace of, that the lighting of the menorah is a commemoration of the Nitzachar and the It's another form, a new form of Halavaydah. And then there's the Prichadosh, the Prichadosh gives an answer to the famous question of the Beis Yasef. The Beis Yasef has the question that Klal Yisrael has been tumbling about for hundreds of years. Every time Hanukkah comes around, the number one question that the rabbis scramble to try to come up with answers for, and in fact, there's a safer that you could buy in the farm stores that has no less than 500 Answers to this question of the Beis Yasef. What's the Beis Yasef's question? Why are we celebrating Hanukkah for eight nights? And for eight days, we should only have a seven-day celebration. Why? 
Because we had a pach, we had a enough oil for one night. That's not a miracle. Is it miraculous that they had that one night oil, that one day's worth of oil that we had? The miracle is that that one day's oil continued to burn for seven additional nights. So why is Hanukkah eight nights? It should be seven nights. That's that's the Beis question. The Beis himself gives three teritzim on his own. And then everybody else gives another teritz. Comes along the Prichadash and says, a beautiful teritz. He says, you're right. It should only be seven nights. And it is seven nights. So what's the first night for? The first night is not for the Nitzachin of the of, of the Nes of the, the Shemen, because that we don't need. That's not a miracle. That we had. We had oil for that. The first night, says the Prichadosh, is the Nitzachin of the Muhammad. So when you're lighting the nearest Hanukkah the very first night, according to the Prichadosh, your Kavana should be to Mephaisim the Nes of the Muhammad. That we won the war. You know, the Rambam happens to say that the day that we won the war is the day that we came into the Mikdash. Meaning the 25th day of Hanukkah is not, you know, a day that... That was the day that we actually finally won. So that first night, it makes a lot of sense to say we're celebrating the victory. And then the subsequent nights, the seven additional nights, that's... The lighting of that is to be Mepharsim, the nays of the Pach Shemen. So... This is another shita. He splits it. The Prichadosh says that it's for both Nisim, but it depends what night. The first night we're being Mepharsim, the Nes of the Muhammad. And the additional seven nights is to Mepharsim, the Nes of the Pachshemen. Beautiful. So we have basically three Terutzim, Minakatsa, Lakatsa, whether or not, when we light, and it's a big nafkamina, what's your kavana when you're lighting the menorah? What, you're supposed to be mefarsim somebody, something. Which nase are you being mefarsim? Somebody comes over to you while you're lighting and asks you, you know, why are you lighting? Well, persume nisa, great. Which, what, are, what are you being mefarsim? I want to hear, you know, what, what's, what are you publicizing? Well, you have to know what you're publicizing, right? If you're in marketing and you have absolutely no idea what, what, market, what, what product you're trying to be selling, so what good is it? What are you being mefarsim? Which nase? It's a very fundamental question. It's not. This isn't like heichter. This isn't something that's like very uh, you know esoteric. This is practical. What are you being mefarsim? Don't you have the right to know what you're being mefarsim through lighting the menorah? So machlekes. Some say you're just being mefarsim the nase of the pach shemen. Some say you're just being mefarsim the nase of the mulchama. And the prechadish says you're being mefarsim both, but it depends what night. On the first night, I'm being mefaris in the nace of the Muhammad, and on the other nights, I'm being mefaris in the nace of the Pachshemen. I want to say something new. I want to suggest something as follows. That really, every single night, we're being mefaris in both. We're being mefaris in both the nace of the Nitzachin, and the nace of the Pach Shem. And I'm combining everybody. I'm making Shalom. Okay, maybe I won't. Just a second. Okay. 
just kidding. I'm not being combining any of it. Um, being, I'm combining all the pshatim together. I'm saying that everybody's right. We're being mefarsim, the nase of the nitzachin, through the halakas neiris. We're being mefarsim, the nase of the pach shemen, through the halakas neiris. But, there's a difference in the parsimenisa of which nase we're being mefarsim based on your perspective, based on where you're standing, based on where you're positioned on Hanukkah. And let me explain what I mean by that. There's two parties that you're being mefarsim a nase to on Hanukkah. There is B'nai Beisai, which means that Ner Hanukkah, the Gemara says, is Ner Ishu Beisai. That means that the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is to be Mepharsimenes to whom? Well, it's to be Mepharsimenes to yourself, to your wife, to your children, to your family, to your household. When you're lighting the Menorah and you have that picture-perfect scene of you, know, you lighting and everybody's standing around watching you light, that is being Mepharsim, the nase of Hanukkah to Bnei Beisai. There's another party, though, that you're being Mepharsim, the nase when you light, and that's to the people that are standing in the shuk. In fact, the sheer, the limit of when you could be yaitse, the mitzvah of lighting the Hanukkah is up until when? When people stop milling about in the marketplace, that is when you don't have, that's when you can't light anymore. As long as there are still people in the marketplace, there are people that sold firewood in the marketplace until the wee hours of the night, as long as they're still out there, then you could still light. Which means that there are two parties, there's two perspectives, there's two pursuing nisas on Hanukkah. There are two, there's two audiences, there's two markets, if you will, that I'm trying to pitch the, the nase to. I'm trying to pitch the nase to my family, and I'm also trying to pitch the nase to the street, to the shuk. And what I was thinking to say is, that when I light the candles in my house or by the doorway of my house for my personal house for my personal family consumption the parsumenisa is the nase of the parshemen because what is the nase of the parshemen that in the base hamikdash there was kedusha v'tara we were able to once again come in and sanctify the Mikdash, light up the Mikdash with Iris of Kedusha, Kiner Mitzvah Tayra'ar, Haragel B'ner Havim Chachamim, the Gemara says, if you light up candles in the house, if you light lights in the house, Neir Shabbos, Neir Hanukkah, your Zeichet to Banim Tamidich Chachamim, this is like a personal, a personal Mila of lighting Neiris in your house, is to bring like the Kedusha Samikdash into your home. There was a Beis HaMikdash full of Ar, full of Tyra, full of Kedusha, full of Hashras Hashchina. When we light Neiris Hanukkah for our own personal consumption in our house, 
That's commemorating the Nesva Pach Shemen, which was a, a personal Kedushadika Avaida. That's our Parsimei Nisa. But at the same time, simultaneously, when I light the Neiris and people on the street are looking in, they're able to see my menorah burning, out there, out in the Shuk, that's not the Makam Mikdash. We know what the Shuk is. We know what's going out on when you walk right outside of yeshiva, when you walk outside of your house, when you walk outside of the shul, the base medrash, the home. That's a mochama out there. There's a war that's taking place in the streets. It's difficult for people to be out there. It's kill or be killed. It's dog eat dog. It's competition. It's people wanting to do each other in. There are Yetzirahs out there. There's Taivas out there. It's a whole different world than the Kedushas Habayis. Kedushas Habayis is a place that's supposed to be holy, that's secure, that's hermetically sealed from the rest of the world. At least the perfect Jewish home would be that way. And when we light the Menorah, we're being madlik in our Mikdash Ma'at. We're warming up, we're lighting up the Kedusha in our home through the Chanukah. Through the Menaira. That's a Pirsume Nisa of the Pach Shemen for us, but for the people out there in the streets that are fighting a Mohama, that it seems that's Tameim Biat Tahirim, Risham Biat Sadikim, Zaydim Biat Eiske Sarasacha, out there that there is a war, the Pirsume Nisa is not for the Pach Shemen. For the people standing outside, it's a Pirsume Nisa. For what? For the Muhammad. For the Nitzachan and the Muhammad. We're telling you a message. We're broadcasting to you out there in the streets, loud and clear. When you're looking into my home and you see the menorah burning, you should understand and you should take chizuk that it's possible for you to win the Muhammad. Albeit difficult, albeit a lopsided battle, the Tumah is so pervasive. It's very hard to make money out there. It's very hard to walk in the streets out there. It's very hard to deal with, with, with society at large. It's difficult. It's a battle, but you could win the battle. The Arayaladavar, there was a Nes HaNitzachan that took place by Mechanikah that nobody expected the Hashmanam to win, but they won. There's a Parsimenisa at the same time, while I'm lighting my menorah, for me, inside the house, in the warmth and security of my own home, it's in Parsimei Nisa to remind myself of the Makam Mikdash, of the Kaihanim, of the Leviim, of the Israelim, of being able to be in a pure, secure, safe, beautiful home with warmth and light of Tyra. That's for me, inside. That's the Nase of the Pach Shemen. But for the people outside that I also have a responsibility to be mefarsim and nace to, the message to them is a different message. It's a message that there's a war out there and you can win it. And I have a riot to my pshat. Listen to this riot. 
the Gemara says in Shabbos that the first night of Hanukkah, the Madlik is Mavarech Gimel. There's three brachas that you make. You have to make the bracha on Sunday night. You have to make the bracha of Lahadlik Nershel Hanukkah. You have to then make the bracha of Sha'asa Nisim Labeisenu, a bracha on the Nase. And the third bracha is Shechayanu. The other nights of Hanukkah, you don't make Shechayanu, you only make two. But the first night you make three. Zakta Gemara, Viharaya, the person standing outside on the street, passing by my house, and he sees the Neireis Dolkais, he sees my candles burning, he makes two on the first night. He makes two brachas. He makes a Shasan Nisim Abeseinu, and he makes a Shechianu. He can't make a Madlik, Madlik Ne'er Shulchanukah, because he wasn't Madlik. But he sees the Nase, he sees the Persuminis, he makes Shasanisim, and he makes a Shechianu. Now, this Raya, this Raya, what was the case? Tell me the case. What's the Raya? Who, who is this guy that's passing by my house? Is he a homeless guy? He doesn't have a menorah to light? He's busy, he's, uh, he's out of t- from out of town, he doesn't have a, he forgot his menorah at home. Who's the Raya? Pashtas in the Gemara, and this is the way Roy Vrishayim learn, is that the Raya is a guy who has not yet made a bracha, he doesn't have his own house, he's, uh, he's far away from his home, nobody invited him there for Hanukkah, and he doesn't have the opportunity to make a bracha, to, to, to be madlik. So he's Yaitse, as he passes by my house, he can't do the Hadlaka, but at least he can make a Shasanisim. That makes a lot of sense. He makes a Shasanisim, and he makes a Shachin. It's up the Rambam. No. Listen to this Rambam. It's a, everybody asks on this Rambam. It's a Peladag Rambam. The Rambam says that, you know what the Raya is? The Raya is not a guy that's necessarily a homeless guy that doesn't, or a guy on a business trip, and he didn't have a chance to, to light, and he's very busy, he's running around. No. The Raya is a person who even made already in his own home a Hadlaka. He made three brachas already at home. Okay? He made his Hadlaka. He did his Hadlaka, Shasanis, and whatever. Now he goes out. After he lit, he goes out to the street. And he passes by somebody's house. He sees a Menorah lit in the window of somebody's house. Zakhtar Rambam, he makes a Shasanisim again. The Rashba asks on the Rambam, what are you talking about? When do you find that you're Yaitse a mitzvah, and then you make another bracha? Again, you're already Yaitse. If I take a lul of an esrig, okay, and then I uh, take it in my sukkah, now I go to shul. I take it again. I make another on the tilas lul of no. I, I, I made my bracha already. I'm done. I make on Seder night al-chilas matzah. And then I, I bench or whatever, I go to your house, I make another Alachilas Matzah. No. I, I, I did my mitzvah, I'm done. I can't make brachas galore. It's a bracha vatalo. Why over here, asks the Rashvan, the Rambam, is it possible for the Raya, even though he is already Yaitse, his mitzvah of Avlaka at home, to now go and make another Shasanisim? What's going on? So what's Pshad in the Rambam? So what I want to suggest is that there's two alanisims based on your perspective. If you're inside the house and you made your hadlaka, your shasanisim is the shasanisim on the nase of what? Of the pachshemen. 
when you go outside in the shuk and you're looking from that viewpoint into somebody's house and you're seeing a, you're seeing Neiris burning, which nace are you supposed to be reminded of? Not the nace of Hashemen. It's not negative for you. That's when you're in the coziness of your home. In the security of your home, you make a shas. That's a that's a mitash ma'atik bracha. That's a kedusha, taira, personal warmth, holiness. That's that type of pirsumei nisa. It's a different experience when you're outside in the street. When you're on the street, bundled up in your coat and your with your gloves, and you have your briefcase in hand, and you're 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 in the battle mode of being out in the shuk. Merchants out there, you're in the bazaar, you're in the shuk, you're in the in the mall. There, it's a different experience. It's not a it's not a beisamikdashdika experience. It's a shuk. It's a melchama. It's rabbin biad ma'atim utmein biad tahayim mishan biad tzadikim zayin biad eskei sarasecha. It's a different experience. That's a melchama dika experience. Out there, the parsimenisa. Is a parsimenisa reminding me about the nitzachin amolchama? Zakter Amim, you have to make a new bracha when you're the raya outside in the shuk. The shasanisim is a different shasanisim. It's a shasanisim on the melchama. It's a different nace that requires a new bracha. Requires maybe a new shachianu. It's a whole new experience out there. Even though I was yitz already inside my house. But that inside the house, that's the persimonisa for, for the, for the nesa the, of the pachshemen. For the raya, the raya looking in, it's a different experience. That ain't the pachshemen, that is the mochama. And when, you, when we're in yeshiva, we're very spoiled. We have such a beautiful experience here. We have a beautiful campus. We have a beautiful base medrash. We have svarim. Everything is just given to us on a silver platter. We have three meals a day, a Shabbos, Yantif. We have so much. It's so pure. It's so beautiful. It's such a, a Kedusha Dik experience. Mamash Mikdash Ma'at. I was just talking this morning to one of the Talmidim and uh, they were saying about how, you know, if you're here on Friday, the announcement was made that you're, you can have free K-cups for your coffee, right? So, so I asked, is it before the schmooze that you're allowed to take it or is it only after the schmooze? And somebody came over and said, that's only a question that you would ask if you're in yeshiva. Do you think if, if you were in public school and they said, okay, free K-cups, do you think one kid would say, you know, can I take it before the, before the, the class? Or yeah, you take. <laughs> if you think, you think if you're in, uh, you know, you're in, you're in a corporation or you're in a, you know, you're at a, at a mall and they're saying free K-cups, anyone's going to ask, you know, start asking Shilas, uh, can I take it now? Uh, do I have to wait until the presentation is, just take it. Yeah, free K-cups, grab it, what are you doing? Out there it's a different world than in here. Here it's a beautiful world. 
Here it's a world that we ask Shilas, that everything is, you know, the, the questions that you're asked about, uh, about ethics and honesty. You know, like I, I, I went to uh, the Agoda Convention last week. So, yeah, I spoke there, it's true. But, um, people were taking, there was food, you know, you came, and there was food. There was food given. And everybody was eating. And I was together with somebody, and I said, uh, and they said, come on, just take, let's go, let's eat. I said, what do you mean eat? I'm not paying for that. I, I didn't pay for Shabbos here. I didn't pay for the convention. Uh, but everybody's, I don't care if everybody's eating. We have to ask if, 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 can I take or can I not take? You just take? What do you mean take? Maybe these people are paying for it. No, no, just take. Everybody's eating. Take. No. I don't take. I have a conscience. I, there's halacha. There's a shulchan aruch. And I asked a few people until I finally got somebody that was that had rishus to say, yeah, you could take. It's fine. It's, it's, you know, if you came to the convention, you could take. I didn't touch anything. Most people don't think that way. Most people, they come and, you know, everything is free. Everything is just take, hop, hop. Is it mutter or is it not mutter? That's the world of the yeshiva. You know, there's people that wrote about losing an umbrella, losing an umbrella in, uh, you know, in yeshiva. Like they went to yeshiva, they, lost, they forgot their umbrella there. They came back like 10 years later. One of the yeshivas in Europe, maybe it was Kelm. And the umbrella was mamish in the same place with a lot of dust on it, but untouched by human hands. Nobody touched that umbrella in 10 years. Because it's, 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 that's somebody else's. I don't touch it. There's a pen on the table. I don't know what to do with it. I have to, like, you know, think and, and, and ask. And, you know, you think it's out there in the, in the outside world. You think anybody thinks twice? You see an umbrella? Okay, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. It's mine. I mean, it's yours. Well, it's raining out. I, of course I could take it. And there's no, there's no shulchan aruch. There's no conscience. There's no conscience. There's no, uh, there's no guilt. There's no... You do what you have to do. Farted. You know, I need a stapler at home. I can't take the stapler from work. Put it in your pocket and go home. It's a big deal. It's what everybody does. You know how many staplers, you know, companies probably have to replace every year? Where'd they go? Uh, they, they went. I don't know. They, they have feet. They ran away. That's the difference between... A Jewish home, a Jewish yeshiva, a Jewish base matters, a Jew that's the difference between out here, in here, and out there. Out there, it's a completely different experience. People come back to me after they graduate, they're shell-shocked. Because they don't, they don't realize that the world is so different outside than inside. Inside, it's a beautiful world. It's so secure, it's so cozy, it's so nice. I have my friends, I have my rabbeim, I have my, my uh, I, have, I have such a, a seder hayayim. I could come to things, I could come to, I don't have to come to things, but everything is here. And everybody's nice, and everybody's fine, everybody's doing the right thing, hopefully. You go out, Chazal say, Charona, you know what he goes to Charona, Charain, Apeshalam. Yaakov Avinu left Be'er Sheva, he left the comfort of his home, Yitzchak Avinu, Rivka Imenu, Kedusha, Tara, Vayela Charona, he went out 
Charona isn't just the name of a city, it's a name of a it's a it's a state of mind. There's a Charonapishalam, you go out there, you take a train into Manhattan, you get up from the from the platform and you go up to the streets and there's pushing and there's shoving and there's people, you know, it's a different world. I remember when I was a little kid, my parents let me go to Manhattan from Long Beach. I don't know what they were thinking. I was mamish like, I think I was 11 years old. I wanted to go to, I don't even know what I needed in Manhattan. I had to shop or something. I don't know where, 11 years old. And my father gave me, I think, uh, $50. I had to buy something, I don't know. And so I went on the LIRR, Long Island Railroad, and I bought a round-trip ticket. And I went on the train, 11 years old, into Manhattan. And I remember, you know, I was a pure kid. Everything was fine. Everything was nice. Went to yeshiva. You know, I was a good kid. I come onto the streets of Manhattan, you know, come up from the train, and it's like pushing and shoving and this and that. And I, I, there was like a big... Um, hullabaloo on the street and I was curious so I stuck my head in this whole crowd of people and there was a guy that was playing three card Monty, I think I need therapy Like it's all coming up right now I, I never. I, this wasn't on my schmooze, I'm just talking hope you don't mind there was a guy that was playing three card Monty if you know what that is they have like these, it's like totally illegal he has like this, you know it's like on a folding table the cops will arrest you if you're found doing this. It's a complete scam game. But I don't know, I was a little pure kid. And, you know, and he was doing the cards really quickly, and there's one red card, let's say, and two black cards. You have to figure out the... And there's a whole crowd of people, and they're like, you know, uh, you know a guy says red card, and, uh, you know, and he loses, and, uh, and, I, and, and the guy looks at me and says, did you know which card it is? 11 years old. I said, yeah, it was the one on the right. So, psh, unbelievable. He gives me like $20. I said, wow, that was, that was easy. So, and this is before Staples, you know, logo, you know, motto came out. They just, that was easy. It was so, so easy. And then he did it again. And I said, yeah, it's the one on, on, the, on the left. He said, sure, unbelievable. There's another $20. Kid. This kid is good. And all the people around, you know, they, I didn't know they were all part of this game. It was all a show, you know, it was all a scam. Yeah, this guy's unbelievable. He's like, he has such good eyes. He's so good. He's so... And then a double or nothing, kid? But yeah, why not? I'm on a roll. So, you know, boom, 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 boom. It's in the middle. Nah, sorry, it's on the left. Fork it over. I had to give not only what I won, but also my $50 in my pocket. You understand? I came away. It was like such a shocking experience for me. They completely scammed me. I had to give, I lost, lucky, that's why I said before that I had a round-trip ticket. If I didn't have, I'd probably still be in Manhattan today if I didn't have a round-trip ticket. I got on the, you don't understand, I was so shell-shocked, I didn't know how it was going to, like, how am I going to come back home and explain to my parents I don't have the $50 anymore? It's it was a different, it's a different world. I was so sheltered. I was so, you know, in my little cocoon of home, yeshiva, nice people. Everyone is honest and pure and fine and chinuch and taras hakaidesh. And 
<laughs> you go out into the real world. It's a scary world. I don't mean to scare anybody from leaving yeshiva. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to explain the reality that it's a different world. If you think that it's going to be the same exact world, but you know, I'll just be wearing a different suit and a different uh, attaché case, and I'll be making money finally. And but that's other. Other than that, it's all the same. I think we're in for a rude awakening. It's a different world. Ethics and honesty and, 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 and morality and fineness and midas is not what's really, you know, the main focus when you're out in the street. When you're out in the street, it's not that way. People can be very nice, but a lot of them are, are not genuinely nice. They're really just trying to, to scam you. They're trying to, to fool you. They're trying to win. They're trying to corrupt you. They're trying to change your values, change your viewpoints, make you more like they are. That's just the reality. And it's a war out there. And when you're out there, it's a different experience. When you're in your home and you're lighting Hanukkah candles and you have your family, you have your friends, you have your children, wherever you are on Hanukkah, it's nice, it's warm, it's comfortable, it's real. And then we remember the Nesla Pach Shemen and we have ambitions to raise our children like Kaihanim Gedailim. It's beautiful, it's Tara, it's Kedusha. But Chanukah from the street, different experience. Out there, there's a Mohammed. Out there, you have to understand that it's hard, it's difficult, it's an uphill battle. It's lopsided, everything is against you. And you have to maintain your core values. You have to be the Raya looking into the Neris and saying, I have to win this war. It's a Rabbin Biad Ma'atim, it's true. It's Tzmeim Biad But they did it and I could do it also. I need to do it. I can't lose this battle. I can't afford to lose my values. I can't afford to lose my dreams of being a Tamil Chacham, of being a Ben of being Kaveh you think that it's so simple that you're kaveh itim? You think you go into a shul and you see balabatim learning at night with a chavrusa and you think, oh, balabatim. You know, about Nebuch, they learn one hour a day. They can't, not even the Ramam's balabas. Like, you know, like, right, we're so cynical. Do you know how hard it is for a balabayas who works all day in Manhattan surrounded by all types of Taivas, all types of Baligaivas, all types of Hirhurim, all types of Nisyainas, all types of Cheshem Mishpat Shailas and Yeridea Shailas. And then they come home and they wolf down their supper so they can run out and, and do a Dafyaymi or, or, or learn with a Chavrusa. Do you know what Gevura that takes? Do you know the battle that they're winning? It's not to be scorned, it's not to be looked down upon. It's unbelievable because there are so many people that they may have started out that way when they first got married and when they first started working, but then before you know it, it, it changed. I have a Talmud who called me and he, he was like one of the top Talmudim in Yeshiva and he got married and then he moved away and then he came back and he was speaking to me and he was crying to me. He said, I used to come home, I used to eat supper and I used to go to the base manager. He says, now 
I'm so tired after a long day of work. It's so hard for me. He says, so basically I eat supper and then I plop myself down on the couch and, I, and, I, and I'm on my smartphone the whole night. That's the way it is. It's, it's, there's a charanapish alaylam that's very difficult to, to fight. It's very easy to succumb in that battle, to just lay down and die and say, I can't fight this war. And when you see people that are able to fight the battle, to go out, do work, go and, 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 and make money and, and, and do whatever they have to in order to be in the finance of their house and still be able to win the war, to be from, to be wholesome, to be B'nai Taira, to be Tamid Chachamim, or aspiring Tamid Chachamim, you don't know when you're in here how amazing that is because out there it's a different perspective it's a different it's a different nace that we're being the farsim it's a miracle when a person is able to be outside to be a raya and to make a shasanisim and to remind himself I could win this war as difficult as it may be with all the challenges I could do this I have a Talmud who told me and I think I've said this story before he was a very tall boy. is a very tall boy. And he was one of the biggest learners in yeshiva. He did very well here. And then he got a job, I think, in an accounting firm or an actuary firm. And he said, Rabbi, you know, I meant to call you about something, but it happened so quickly, I didn't have a chance to call you and ask you what to do. I said, well, what, 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 what was it? So he said, well... They, you know, it was this time of year and they put up the tree in the office and they were getting ready for a big office party. And finally, um, and they were trying, they were decorating the tree and, uh, and they had to put the star on the top of the tree. And everyone in the office is short, much shorter than me. They didn't have a ladder. They say, hey, Chaim, you know, do you mind putting the star on top of the tree? And it happened so quickly that he, you know, sort of caught him off guard and he just like took the, took the star and he put it on top of the tree. Now, I don't know what that is. I'm not saying that that's Abizraya uh, Dabai Dazar. I don't even know what, what a tree is. And it's a Shiloh. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not clear exactly what the Makar is. That's not what I'm talking about. The, the, my, what I am talking about is that this is a boy that was learning Kitsais and Nesivas a few weeks before that. You know, we might still have some of his milk in the fridge. <laughs> Definitely, uh, you know, uh, a non-dairy creamer is in the fridge. And here he's being faced with, with a Shiloh that's unprecedented for him. He was so insulated and isolated and... and, and and in a hermetically sealed environment here in yeshiva and at home. And now he has to go and he has to be faced with questions of putting a star on top of a kratzmach tree. This is the battle. This is the nitzachan ha that when you're out there you have to be reminded of. It's a different nace that we're being mefarsim outside than inside. But both are necessary. Both need piercing. There are two regalim that the Hasidic Shesvam write about that you find in the Gemara and Shabbos. 
There's Haragil Bener. If you're accustomed, Regilos, you're accustomed to lighting Menorah, Shabbos, you're in the Kedusha of the home, you'll have Banu Tinechacham Skula. And then there's Achetichla Regel, Min Hashuk, another type of Regel. It's the feet that are walking around in the marketplace. And the Menorah speaks to both Regalim. The, the Menorah speaks to the Ragel Bener inside the house, beautiful scene. Father, mother, children, lighting Neiris together. Mais, Tsur, Aneris, Halolo, Latkis, Menaira, Hanukkah, Dreidel, beautiful. That's a Ragel Bener. But if we think that that's the only scene on Hanukkah, then we're a little bit, we, we have to get out a little bit more. Because there's plenty of people that have a regal pashuk. And Hanukkah tells them, Tichla regal minashuk. Get your regalim out of the shuk. Don't be exposed to the shuk so much. Come on in out of the cold. Come back to where you used to be. Make sure that your aspirations of Haragel Benera are still there. Why are your regalim so entrenched in the Rishas Harabim? Come back into the Rishas Ayachid. The Pasuk says, by Asher, the bracha of Shevet Asher, Asher has oil. That was their, their, their industry was oil. They were blessed with tremendous oil. All the oil that you need, and you need tons of oil, that was found by Shevet Asher's Chelek of Eretz Yisrael. And the Pasuk says, V'tayvel b'ashemen raglecha. The Taivel Bashem and Raglacha. It was my part, and then I, I happened, I, I can't say that. Baruch Kivante, I saw this after I thought of it in a, in a Hasidish Sefer. The Taivel Bashem and Raglacha. On Chanukah, we're Taivel with the Shemen of the Menorah Raglacha, both types of feet. The Ragel Bener inside the house, the Shemen illuminates their world. The beauty of the Jewish home in the purest form, Hanukkah just illuminates that, magnifies it, intensifies that experience, the Kedusha, the palpable feeling of, of Shemen in the house. You could be Tevel, your, 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 the feet, the Regilos, inside the house with Shemen. But it also extends outward. The regal bashuk, achetichla regal minashuk. Hanukkah is also explaining to the people in the marketplace that there's shemen for you as well. You also have to immerse your feet in oil of kedusha. Don't forget your bearings. Don't forget what you used to be. Don't forget who you are. Don't lose. Don't lose all that you struggled so mightily to attain when you were in yeshiva, when you were young, don't forget that purity. Stay pure. I see so many different people. I have friends of mine who, after yeshiva, took different routes. And I have so many talmidim, hundreds, maybe thousands of talmidim that I see and I understand different approaches that they have. Some are able 
to be unbelievable. After they leave, some of them get stronger. And they learn, and they daven, and they, they make starim, and they give shiurim, even though they're out at work. They're tayo b'ashem and raglacha. Some of them just fall off the face of the earth. They just, once they're out of yeshiva, they get a little taste of the quote-unquote real world, and their raglayim are so immersed in the shuk that you can't even recognize them. I'm not judging either of them because I'm very fortunate that I am very insulated in this yeshiva, Baruch Hashem. I couldn't ask for more than to be protected from the Harenapish Elam by being in this yeshiva. But it's so hard when you go out of yeshiva to be able to stay strong, to be able to make sure that your aglayim are still running to the base medrash and not running to other places because it's so easy at that point to rationalize that just I'm not in yeshiva anymore and now I have to do this and I have to do that. Rev Ruderman says, said once a great story that he was Masadic conditioned by a chasna of a Talmud and the Talmud was marrying the daughter of a very wealthy businessman. And this wealthy man was, you know, he was from but he was very into business, very business, business. And while there was some time at the Chassan's Tish, you know, Ruderman came a little early, and before the people came, the Shver was the future father-in-law was like, you know, he was talking to his guests. So the boy was asking, Ruderman, he says, listen, I'm going out to business, I'm working for my father-in-law after we get married. How do I make sure to, you know, to stay at Ben Tyra? So Ruderman says, every day you have to learn at least two to three hours with a Chavrusa. So as you learn two to three hours of the Chavrusa, that's going to anchor you to a base Medrash, to Rabbeim, to Taira. And then even though you're working, you're still going to be a Ben Taira. At that point, Rav Rudiman says, the father-in-law comes in, a big businessman, he says, what are you two talking about? What's the discussion over here about? So Rav Rudiman explains, you know, he wants to be a Ben Taira, but Hashem, you got a great son-in-law and he's, he's going out to work for you, but he's going to... He says, what are you telling him nonsense for? That's what he says to Ruderman. What are you telling him nonsense for? He says, that Tyra that you just said is good for the yeshiva world. He says, after he goes out of the yeshiva, after the Sheva Brachas over, he's going to start working for me, there's one thing that he has to know. He's going to work, and he's going to work, and he's going to work until he makes a killing in business. There's no more Torah, there's no more Storm, there's no more Chavrus, there's no more ethics and honesty and morality. That's the yeshiva world. Now it's a different world. This is what Ruderman heard from this. He couldn't believe it. He said, Baruch Hashem, this Bachar didn't listen to a shver, and he continued talking to listen to me, and he's learned, he learned every day, and he was miming a beautiful family, and every, had a happy ending. But this is the difference between being... Inside and being outside. Inside, it's a different world. You get to hear schmoozing like this, and you get to, you know, it's a beautiful world that we're living in. It's a dream. It's really a dream. But you go outside, it's a different reality. It could be nice. I'm not saying that every workforce is, is awful and terrible and cruel and mean and, you know, despicable people. Obviously, you know, there are places that you can go and the people are really nice and that's also a danger. That's probably more dangerous than when you're working with people that are not nice. 
whatever it is, is a different world. There's a war that a person does when he leaves work. When a person goes out to work and you see these guys that go into the train, going to the buses or whatever, they're going to war. Make no mistake about it. There's a war. And Hanukkah speaks to them. Don't forget to be your, your feet in oil before you go out to work. Remember the Kedusha. Remember that you're Ben Taira. Remember Atshatich Laregom and Ashok is not the ideal. It's Haragel Bener having Lebanon Tomidachachamim. That's what you want. That's the Regal that you're really aiming for throughout your life. And that's the dual message of Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Taka, there's two Nisim. And without Lakas Haneris, we're being the Farsim, both Nisim at once. But it all depends where you're standing. Inside, Pachshemen, beautiful. Outside, there's a Melchama. Haraya has to be Mablik, he has to be Mavarach, a whole new bracha of Shas Nisim when he's out there, because the Nis is different. It's not a Nis of Pachshemen, it's a Nis of Melchama. When we're inside, we have to appreciate what we have. As we're lighting the menorah inside, we have to look around and pinch ourselves and remind us how lucky we are to be able to right now be in a matzav of haragel b'ner. And when we're outside someday, we have to remind ourselves the Make sure to, uh, there's a time to work, but there's a time to come home and to learn, and to be a father, to be a husband, to be a friend, to be a, to be a chavrusa, to maintain who you are, to fight the battle, albeit a difficult battle. But it can be done, as the Chashmanam proved so many years ago, that it's possible to be menatzeach and the mochama, as long as you're Eiske Batayr, if you're Eiske Batayr, you could win any war that you set out to wage. It's Hashem, we should be zeicha to a wonderful Hanukkah, a lichtige Hanukkah, and we should be zeicha to a piercing of both Nisim, to remind ourselves the Kedusha Sabayas, the Kedusha of the Pach Shemen, the aspirations of the entire when we're in Yeshiva, and also to Mepharsim to the world at large, that it can be done, that the battle can be won, but it's difficult, and you have to be tailed by Shemen, but in Mitzah Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could give us the Siat Dishmaya as He gave it to the Chashmainaim in the days of Hanukkah. Have a good Shabbos.